Hey everyone, PJ here. This is day two of our daily podcast. And uh, like I mentioned yesterday, I'd like to take a, a brief moment to share a devotional with you and also uh, an exercise you can do at home uh, that will hopefully help with connecting and bonding with one another. Let me begin with a devotional for today. Let me read a passage for you guys. Uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. As he passed by, and that's Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, I think when we are unsure of uh, the precise cause of our suffering or the purpose behind our suffering, uh, there can be a tendency to uh, attribute that rashly to something like sin or even God's punishment on sin or one's lack of faith. But I think what we can see from this passage in John chapter 9 is that God is at work in our lives in spite of our suffering. And He is at work in a very positive way. He is displaying His works through His people in the midst of their suffering. And what is this work of God? I think when we look at the life of Christ, we see that the work of God is making God's kingdom more visible here on earth and spreading His righteousness. And I think there's something tremendously comforting about this when we meditate on it because we now can begin to ask a set of very meaningful and purposeful questions in the midst of our suffering. Questions like this. How might God use me to display His good works for the sake of His kingdom? How can I steward my time, my energy, my resources to serve other people in the way that Christ served others? And I think as we raise these questions and think along these lines, we are going to be able to see how the works of God will be displayed through us in the midst of our own suffering. And I think this is something that I've struggled with, to be honest with you. Um... I think I've been asking a lot of questions just internally, like, how can I entertain myself during this time? Uh, How will my agenda be served? And how will my needs be met? And in doing that, I I think I've missed opportunities to serve my family, to reach out to more friends, and through that, seeing how God wants to use me during this time and participating in what He is doing through His people. So, maybe we can try raising a different set of questions as we apply this passage to our lives. Let's start asking, how can I serve my family? Who can I reach out to? Whose practical needs can I meet? How can I serve? And I think as we do this, we will hone in on God's purpose for us even in a time like this, and maybe especially in a time like this. 
I hope we can pursue this as a church together and be God's light in the darkness. Now, this might be a slight side note, but I also was reading on some of my friends' uh, Facebook wall, and, and some of them seem to have a, a, a question about what's going on, and um, perhaps related to what we're discussing, and their question was, how do we know this is not God's judgment on the world? And we see God judging the world in the book of Revelation. Isn't that something that's been prophesied about? How do we not know uh, if that's happening right now? And I think maybe underlying that is uh, perhaps a practical question as well. If that is the case, why should I bother? Why should I bother uh, being salt and light, uh, being a city on a hill, when this is God's doing? Uh, who can resist Him? So I want to say a couple quick things about that, just you know, in case you are being exposed to questions like that and maybe you're wondering this yourself. So a couple of things. One, yes, the Bible does mention a day of judgment, and not just in the book of Revelation, but, but all over the place. That's when Jesus returns finally. But Jesus also said, Nobody knows the day nor the hour in Matthew 24. And if you look at the context of him talking about the end times in Matthew 24, it's not in the context of, hey, it's coming and there's nothing you can do about it. No, it's not that. It's, it's this. It says this in Matthew 24, verses 45 to 46. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. So the context is, yes, there will be a judgment day, Christ returns, but you do not know when that will be. And so the point is for you to be faithful and wise stewards of all that God has given you. Be a faithful and wise servant. That's the point. Now, here's the second thing as a side note. When it comes to reading things like a prophetic book or a book, apocalyptic book like the book of Revelation, it's important that we do not read it in a uh, human-centric way, meaning um, I happen to be someone who is living in Atlanta, Georgia in the year 2020, and I'm going to open up my Bible and make myself the central focal point and have all the events surrounding uh, whatever is described in Scripture uh, circulate around me, centered around me and what I'm experiencing. That's not a good way to read the Bible. The Bible, time and time again, says all of the Scripture is centered around Christ. Now let me just give you a quick uh, example of this. In Revelation chapter 12, it says this, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, They have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb. So there you have something that's actually happened. Not happening in the future, but happened in the past fulfilled in the death of Jesus Christ. Uh, 
the, the saints are conquering the accuser through the blood of the Lamb. And that's something you have to take into account when you read prophetic books. The prophets don't always talk about the future only. They make prophetic statements, uh, analytical statements about what has happened in the past as well, which gives relevance to whoever's reading this in the present and their elements about the future uh, as well. Um, and of course, uh, we do have future promises in the book of Revelation, but we have to understand there are also passages that talk about Christ and his death. And Jesus said this too in John chapter 12, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And when he says now, does he mean our time or his time? Of course he's referring to his time. And it says in chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 33, he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So there, again, very clear connection between the judgment of this world, the ruler being cast out with the death of Christ. And that's something as, as believers we should take a lot of comfort in. Uh, when the Bible talks about the judgment of God, it's not just talking about this future final end judgment that we should be uh, 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 fearful of and always be trying to predict when this is going to happen. Actually, when we think about the judgment of God, the first thought that should come to us is comfort. It's peace. Why? Because Christ has died on our behalf and He has taken upon Himself our own, our judgment, the judgment that we deserve. And so that frees us then to hold on to the futuristic promises in the Bible. For example, the one in Revelation 21. So let me read that for you and just kind of quote wrap up our devotional that way. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. What a promise. Uh, Christ is going to return, and when he returns, he's going to bring to us a new city called New Jerusalem, and it's going to come down from heaven to earth and finally fulfill and answer that prayer that we've been taught to pray always. Your kingdom come. That's going to be answered for us when Christ returns. That's our hope. That's our ultimate hope in Jesus Christ. So our focus should be there not around the peripheral things that surround that, such as the judgment. And hey, if you want to follow up and ask any questions, our community group tonight would be a great time to do that. We are going to be online at 7 p.m. The Zoom link will be shared with you on Facebook and uh, via email. So, yeah. There, there's, and there's Joni. Look forward to seeing you guys then, and I hope we can have a... a, a Great time just catching up, and I would love to see your faces, hear your voices. Um, so, uh, looking forward to seeing you this evening. 
For today's exercise, I want to recommend something that I read on my friend's um, Facebook wall. Uh, my friend named Roger, he is actually a licensed clinical psychologist. And there was a very helpful post that he shared about stress management. And uh, I learned something. I, I, I learned that even as I try to manage my own stress, I get stressed out by trying to manage my stress. And he gave a, he gives a very helpful list of 20 things that we can do, uh, 20 ideas for managing our stress. And I want to share with you one of them. Uh, this is number seven on the list. Uh, called Be in the Moment and Engage Your Five Senses. And that's pretty much self-explanatory, but so he goes down the list and gives you a few examples. Uh, for example, touch, hold a stuffed animal, pillow, or ball. I added cuddle with my kids. Uh, taste, enjoy a meal and a refreshing drink. I have some milkus in the fridge. That's going to be my taste for today. Uh, smell, candles, lotions, sprays. And I also added to that, breathing in some fresh air when I'm outside. Love smelling the, the, the fresh air. Uh, hear, listen to music, sit in silence. So I don't know what you guys do for music. I love the, the Discover Weekly playlist that gets loaded on my Spotify every week, every Monday. And I, I go through that, and then if I like an artist, I would then uh, check out their other albums and, and songs and uh, just explore that way musically. love doing that. Uh, sight, look at photos, artwork, nature. Um, and of course, you can add to that Netflix as well. So, um, yeah, I would really encourage you guys to try to go through five, all five today and encourage another person to go through the five as well and you know maybe this is something we can share tonight at our community group is how this exercise went for you and uh, which of these you really appreciated and grateful and thankful to God for so yeah once again I want to encourage you guys to join us for the, the community group online tonight and look forward to seeing you guys then